Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. I can hear no music. Are you ready for the music? I'm ready for the music. Two people All are right. ready. Probably better than us. <laughs> hey everyone, this is Blended Life. I am Eric. This is my wife, Julie. Hey, you guys. And welcome to today's live show on YouTube and Instagram. Yep. Tonight's welcome. topics. Let's hear about them. Oh, gosh. We have, <laughs> we have a know. list. We have a list of <laughs> topics tonight. It's great. Um, we're going to talk about how to bring up concerns with your spouse that you might have about your stepchild. Okay. We're going to talk about what it's like to lose control when your child goes and lives with their other spouse. And how to deal with that. How to deal with in-laws that aren't accepting of your blended family. Mm, Interesting. All right. How to behave socially when you're in that awkward space of being in a social setting with your ex or your spouse's ex. Oh, I thought you were going to just say how to to behave socially. Uh, And then the importance of, you know, being flexible during the holidays. So. Yeah. That's our lineup, guys. Okay. Well, where do we start? Well, I first want to discuss our last podcast. Okay. Because I've had people write in, and I actually had a friend text me, and she's like, hey, are you guys okay? Oh, like you and I? Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) why? She's like, well... I've I listened saw, to about the first. I saw Eric carrying a divorce care card around at church. Yeah, well, she's like, I listened to the first little bit of your podcast, and I had to stop and text you because it just sounds like you guys aren't okay the way you know. And I know that last week it was an insight into how our conversations absolutely go sideways, right? And I just told her, I said, you know, we really struggle with communication. Mm-hmm. And we're working on it. Mm-hmm. And I said, but what's different is that you see us do it in front of all you guys where everyone else has these problems behind closed doors. Right. I feel like we're like every other married couple trying to figure it out. And then everything's just really heightened when you're in a blended family. Yeah. And There's a lot a, more. And then you have a camera in front of you and mics in front of you and everyone sees it from the outside in. Yeah. And yeah. And if most... If, if most people had these kind of conversations in front of other people, they would, yeah, they would probably everyone have the, would be like, are you okay? The same reactions. Yeah, that's okay. But no, the cameras and the mics turned off and that conversation went a knoll and mm-hmm. void. And we ended up going to Los Angeles the next day and shooting for our upcoming Christmas Eve production that we're helping with. 
going to be a lot of fun. Maybe we'll post some of that on our Blended Life channel. That'd be awesome. You think. But anyways, back to your point, like everything stayed fine. Like that's part of our struggle of communicating, but that's also part of our style of communicating, right? Yeah. Well, and it's, uh, you know, the thing I want to tell everyone that's listening is, you know, I, and I was telling someone today about this, you know, it's not, this is not, I mean, it's a show, but it's not a show. Right. It's not, it's very authentic. And, like, yeah. and that is kind of how we do discussions sometimes. And so you guys got kind of a inside look into that. And, um, but we're fine. I picked up a hater. That's funny. <laughs> you didn't. And it was before that show. <laughs> oh, dang it. I thought so, it was like, oh. Someone so, find it. It's, it. There's a comment somewhere floating around that's kind of funny. Yeah. But I shut it down. Like I, yeah. It's just funny. Hey, people are going to have their opinions. You know, they, you know what they say opinions are like, right? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So I just wanted to address that because I know last week's episode got kind of heated. Let's see if we can do it again. No. Gosh, I don't feel good. I'll try um, not to listen very well, and we'll just make it happen. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so on our Instagram, or inst- not Instagram, our Facebook support group, I yeah. asked for suggestions for tonight's episode. And so that's where most of these have come from. All right. So the first one, and then everyone jumped on this, was like, yeah, this is so hard. Please talk about that, was, you know, how to bring up concerns about your stepkids yeah. to your spouse. Yeah. And a lot of people are kind of like, how do you do that? Walking on the eggshells. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like, so I'm asking you, if I had a concern about one of my stepchildren, Mm -hmm. how would you want me to approach you about it? Well, first of all, how would you approach me about it? What's your, what's your take on it? volley that back to me. Yeah, right back to you. Um... I really struggle with this, and I think that I struggle with this as a mom and hearing things about my own kids because I'm a mama bear. Quick to defend. Yeah, and you are too. Of course. And so I don't, you know, this is a really, really tough thing. I think that it needs to be not piggybacked onto a, like, I wouldn't piggyback this subject onto a different conversation you're having. So if you and your spouse are having a conversation that's kind of, about your family, because oftentimes we look for little segues into like, oh, well, we're arguing about this, so I might as well bring on <laughs> this subject too, and it snowballs. And if your spouse and you are already discussing something that is hard and tough and argumentative on any level, or you're having a discussion and emotions are running hot on any level, and probably not the time. Um, not that there's ever a good time. I just, I posted this on Instagram that a lot of times there's never a good time. You just kind of got to do it. Yeah. You just have to bite the bullet and go. So what I would say is while timing matters, don't brush it under the rug for too long because sometimes we hide behind that, right? Like the timing's never right. The timing is never right. So I just never bring it up. Meanwhile, the resentment and the anger and the frustration and whatever is building up in you and that's not healthy either. Right. So I would pick a time that there's nothing else going on and I probably should come to you and say, Hey, can we talk? I have something about so-and-so that I just want to run by you. Right. 
Would that be a good way to open that up? Yeah, that's a totally good way of opening it up. Now, do we do it that way? Not so no. often. <laughs> and right. the other thing can I add in there? Of course. Is that when you are bringing up topic of a kid, a child in your household, you know, try not to use other kids as part of how they behave because every kid's different. You see what I'm saying? Try not to, you know, well, my kid does it this way, so your kid should be doing it this way, or you know what I'm saying? Like, try yeah. not to bring the other kids into it if they're not already part of it. Yeah, and one thing that's really frustrating that you and I both do to mm-hmm. each other that I would caution other people not to do is if I'm bringing up something, or, you know, I'll just switch it. If you're bringing up something about my child or children, that is annoying you or frustrating you or something that you don't agree with, you know, we both would turn around and be like, well, your kid does it. Or, well, your kid does this thing, which is equally annoying to my kid. Which kids. goes back to what you first started at. It's bringing up something else, right? Yes. Yeah. So that was like kind of what you were saying in reverse. Like, you need to keep it about the kid in question or the kid that's that's having the issue and not bring other kids into it either direction. Unless it's relevant and it's part of it, you know, like it's because this kid's having a problem and it's because of this kid, you know, and it's and it's part of that problem. Yeah. But if you're bringing in the other kid just as ammunition or as a shield, like that's where you have to draw the line before that. Yeah. And I would take a deep breath and I would, again, we've said this before, when you're having hard discussions, try to keep in mind that your spouse... Like, it's really hard to be a step-parent, really, really hard. You know, you have none of the power and all the responsibility and expectations put on you. And so I think that if if the step-parent of the household is coming to you as the bio-parent, I think that you need to understand that this is not their kid. Right. And they are probably really struggling anyway because it's not their kid. And they feel powerless in this situation, which is why this conversation is needed to be had. Because if they were a biological parent and they had all the power, they would deal with it. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know? And at least in our relationship, if it gets far enough that it's going to turn into a conversation and that you were bringing the conversation, like you just said to me, in that manner, this means enough for you for us to sit down and talk about it. And I shouldn't brush that off lightly. You know, or re- role was reversed. You shouldn't brush that off lightly if I was coming to you with this type of problem. Right. And yeah. I think the biological parent needs to bite their tongue and not be defensive. Because I think that we are quick to defend our kids. I think that's natural. Yeah. And I think that if a step-parent's coming to you as a biological parent and your spouse, right? You you love your spouse. You care about your spouse. You want your spouse to be happy and comfortable in their own home. So, if your spouse is struggling, you want to help them through that. And being defensive and argumentative or dismissive, if you're dismissing how they feel because your child can't possibly be doing anything wrong, that's not really, that's that's brushing aside your spouse, that's pushing aside your spouse, that's distancing and being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You know, you you aren't as important as my child and he's or she is fine and you are crazy. And that what does that start in your marriage? Right. In a place I always find myself getting stuck in the middle of is well, stuck in the middle. I find myself, you know, hearing what you're telling me 
seeing how my kid's behavior is or whatever the issue is. And I feel like I'm stuck between it because I hear what you're saying, but I truly don't have 100% control over his 100% actions or her 100% actions. You know, we can only parent, but kids are ultimately going to grow up to be their own human being. So it's our job to guide them and mold them the best we can, which we'll kind of go into on the next subject. But a lot of times I hear what you're saying and I might defend or I might agree or however that end of it goes. When I go to talk to my child about it, excuse me, I'm still kind of kicking this cold. When I go to talk with them about it, now it turns into an argument with me and the kid. And it's like that kind of, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of stuck between it. Be, you know, you're doing the relay thing and that makes it really difficult too. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that part of it, but if we could also get onto the same page where it's like there is an issue and maybe I, not only do I want you to do something about it, but I want us to do something about it, you know? Maybe just because I'm bio-parent, and you have an issue with, we'll say my son, you have an issue with him, you come to me about it, now I go to him about it, that's like playing the game of telephone, and I think that breaks that role of respect of the hierarchy, of you and I being the hierarchy. Mm. Now, if you come to me with this, and it's like, hey, let's talk to him about this, and now you and I both go and talk to him, I think that brings us there as a team, and the hierarchy of the family And now he can't talk his way out of it. He can't give the excuses. I'm not being caught in the middle at that time. I'm now either on your side or I'm not on your side. Either, yes, you have a valid point, let's talk to him. Or, no, you don't have a valid point, like I don't think we need to talk to him. Whichever way that goes, right? Mm -hmm. So, but by us both confronting it, it keeps us a team. And it keeps us a team in our kids' eyes. Yeah, and we don't do this. No, I'm just saying we should. Yeah, we don't practice that in our home. This is the first time I've really like, hey. Thought about it. Bing. A little light bulb went off. Yeah, and I think you and I differ a lot where you feel like you're powerless. Like, what am I going to do about it? I'm like, they're a kid. Like, I don't allow disrespect or, you know, like I would take everything away from them. You're you're grounded. Like, you're the parent. Yeah, so but we also have very... You have to like take a stand and there has to be super real consequences. And if, if my children are hurting or misbehaving, you know, that doesn't get to just be like, it doesn't get to come and go. Like there's consequences. They, they understand they're talked to, they have punishments, you know, and they're very, it's kind of, they don't get away with things. I was just say scared of you, but well, they're they're my kids. They like, are. I'm supposed they, to direct behavior. I can't right, allow. Right. Things we all to yeah, get but away. we also have very different children. I mean, all four of them are very different. But um, we're gonna go. Just for instance, you say take everything away. For instance, if I take something away, and I've been talking not r- real recently, but somewhat recently with my ex, with my son's bio mom or my kid's bio mom, and. Part of the discussion was you take stuff away from him when he's naughty and it kind of just doesn't phase him. We're like, what do we do next? Like, what's the next step? If you take everything away from him and they're just content being in the world, how do you punish him? You know, we're like, I don't care. Take it away. 
You know, what's the next step? And part of that discussion was, well, there was, you know, some last vacations. He was very disruptive. Every time we go somewhere as a family gets disruptive. And basically our next big family vacation coming up, my son's not going. So my ex hits me up, his bio mom, and goes, how did you guys come to this conclusion? Not as like on a, on like a defensive side on her part, but she comes to me going, how did you guys come to this conclusion? Because I'm having the same type of issues in my household. And how are you guys able to come to that conclusion, tell him he can't go and be okay with it? She's on board with us doing that, but she's like, how do I practice that? How are you guys strong enough to, you know? So kind of telling her a little bit, you know, like, well, this has been a pattern, you know, it, this has been threatened. And rather than leaving empty threats, we're actually following through. We're not letting him go on this next vacation with us because of X, Y, and Z. So it's hard, though. You know, when you have a kid who just like, well, I don't care. Yeah. You know? But I, um, somebody asked if we have different parenting styles. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, we have different hairstyles, too. <laughs> Yeah, we, we do. So we parent. Styles. We parent different. We co-parent with our exes different. Um, we but are. It's we're not really on the same page a lot of the times. But we with also that. are on the on the same page quite often too about a lot of things. But it's such there's there's two sides to every page, and I feel like we're fifty fifty on this side. We're on it, and this side we're off, which makes us good together most of the time. But other times it makes it very difficult. And it allows us to have to figure things out and communicate, which once we figure things out, we end up getting stronger about it. Yeah. I feel like, you know, but it's having to figure that out. You know, we're not completely opposite, just completely different books the entire time. (laughs) Are you ready to disagree? Um, I just think that, well, and this is what I also tell people is it matters from day one, how you're raising your children. You know, if you're raising your children to know that they're children, and to know that they are not your equal, they're not your best friend, you're their parent, you're here to raise them up to be off on their own in the world and to have good relationships and that there's boundaries. And I mean, you know, it, it matters from day one. At some point, your kids are teenagers and it's too late and then you have unruly children and you're like, I, I have no control. And it's like, well... You know, they're not your parent. They didn't do this to themselves. You guys got them here. You know, the, your parenting style is how your kids got to wherever they are. Um, what you allow is what will continue. What you shut down by any means necessary. If something's not working, you try something else. You are the parent. They are the child. And I think a lot of people, especially in blended families, they struggle with guilt. I feel guilty, so therefore I'm not going to have consequences or... I'm lonely and I need my kid, so they're not going to be consequences. Or I really miss my kid, and so we're going to have fun regardless if they're bad or not. We're going to overlook that because I miss it and I want to not miss out on life because my kids are here half the time. And we make all these excuses, and I'm just, I just don't buy that. Like, how do you be strong to follow through with consequences? You're the parent. You're strong. You follow through with consequences. I don't know that needs a discussion. That's kind of like, right. So you just, you just do it. By you saying all this though, makes it sound like that's your parenting style. Cause you say we have two totally different parenting styles. It makes it sound like that's your parenting style and beliefs. So therefore that's not what I do. 
But therefore, I, I feel like we both have those same um, thoughts and morals about raising our kids together. You know, I feel like, yeah, we might take different steps of getting there, but I also feel like we are both setting up our children for success in life differently. Now, we might do it differently, but I think our end game is still the same. Yeah, and let me say, every, I mean, there's no one right way. I don't think my way is the only way to parent and the right way to parent. It's the right way for me to parent my kids. It's right. what I believe is best, and I'm not going to change that. And it's also my personality. Right. Well, you, you know, know it's kind of like who I am as well as my parenting style. And, you know, I, I feel like when I look at my kids, they're pretty good kids. Are they perfect? Absolutely no, not. No, no kids. And that was my next point. And wait till no. my daughter's a teenager. My gosh. I don't know. I mean, what what am I going to do then? I don't really, I don't really know. But you say that now, but you still don't know. Like your daughter might be a yeah. teenager and be just snap into like the whole school realm and just become straight A and <laughs> honor roll. And, but you know what? She talks about she, this she stuff. Could. She talks about the stuff like she wants it, but she, right now she just doesn't want to try for it. Now she doesn't do bad in school. She does fine. Like, she's a creative. She, you she get totally that. is. Yes. She's not, it's, you know, we'll see. I, yeah. But, but again, you know. like coming back to it, you know, like, where now you're comparing her to your son who is straight A's, has They're never had to yeah. work. But that's my point. They, he's never had to work in school for anything. But then you bring him outside of the entire school realm element, and then you put him into a different element. Let's say the social element of life. Mm-hmm. Now, which kid excels in that in that department? Yeah, obviously my daughter. Right. Not obviously, you guys don't know them, but... My daughter would. My son is more of an introvert. Right. Now yeah. you take them and you put them into a completely different category and they're going to also do this. Yeah. So kids, it's kind of like lining up that perfect, you know, all-star team, you know, like everyone's going to have their their strengths and their weaknesses. And that's how all of our kids are. You know, I, I firmly believe that if the end of the world were to happen today and for instance, my son were one of the only ones to live through it and we all die. I feel like he could go on. Oh, I feel yeah. like he has enough skill in life. Same. Yeah, I and would could agree. could go on. Yeah. You know, so that assures me that when he becomes an adult and he's old enough and he's out of the house, he's going to be able to make it, you know? Like I'm like, okay, he's going to figure this out somehow. And I kind of feel like that with all of our kids. I feel like they're all going to have different paths and different routes getting there. But take a look at all your children and really analyze them and see their strengths, their weaknesses, and don't fault them for those weaknesses, but praise them for those strengths and find out like, do I think my kid is going to be a good human being? Do they have good manners? Are they going to be able to get a job and hold a job and follow through? Are they going to be able to support a family or nurture they, a family. And then also, are they going to be able to have good relationships with other people? That too. Because relationships transcend everything else. I mean, you got to have friendships. You got to have working relationships. You have to have social skills. You have to, I mean, if you want a family, you're going to have to be in a healthy marriage or, you know, some sort of relationship to get there. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be a good parent. I mean, we are made, or the essence of our creation is to be in relationship with one another. And I always think that is like the number one life skill 
that I would hope our children get right. is how to excel in being in relationship to one another because they can get almost anything in life if they can have good relationships. Yeah, I mean, to a you point. Know? But yeah, you're right. It's just another thing to mm-hmm. like add on to that pile. Yeah, but again, you know, one of our listeners might be listening and go, "Now, nah, I don't think that's the most important thing in life. <laughs> I think this is, you know. And if you think something's more important than that, leave us a message and let us know and know why. Like, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> like, that. that's truly, like, that is your number one thing, like mm-hmm. relationships. But some other people, and I bet one person's listening right now, and they're going to write you right now, and they're going to tell us, I, th- I think this is more important. I, I'm curious to know what they are because there's probably some really good ones out there. It's like, yeah. oh, man, well, man I that mean, rivals it. Faith, right? Yeah. You want them to grow up and have faith. Or love, you know, just being able to love and accept people and That's work through people. It Yes, but it's a different dynamic. Well, anyways. Falls under the relationship category, just saying. Or does it? Sometimes it might not. Yeah, if you love yourself. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> Self-love. Love. Yeah. All right. All right, so then just to wrap up the first point, how to talk, how to bring up concerns about your stepkids. I would just do it as unemotionally as you can. Wait for a quiet time where nothing else is being discussed. Come at it. Like, I, I just want to, don't come at it really aggressively. Come at it arms wide open. Like, can you help me with this? Yeah. Or can we talk about this? Listen to last week's podcast, actually. It, um, it kind of had how to approach these types of things in it. <laughs> it did get a little heated, but we talked about how to approach. At least you know who we are. <laughs> so, um, one person wrote in and said her husband is having a really hard time because his daughter went to go live full time with her with her mom, her biological yeah. mom, and now he feels. I feel like you could relate to this the most, um, but. She moved in full time with her mom, and so he has no control, or that's yeah. how he feels. He has no control, and it's hard, probably, as a spouse to watch that. Yeah, I can speak to that a tad bit. I mean, we when yeah, I, we were we were friends and then dating when that happened. Um, but I that's it's a heartbreaking thing to witness. Right somebody you care about lose a child and then lose control and feel like that's that. So yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. So when, when I was first going through my divorce and kind of like the first year and a half, my daughter, who's my stepdaughter was more or less taken away from me because my ex at the time was not happy with me for whatever reasons, you know, we were just going through a terrible divorce and, basically would take her away and not let her see me. And yeah, that is she would hard. use her as a pawn. Basically, yeah. If you, she was mad at you, yeah, months I was, would I go by. Her. Yeah, no. exactly, which kind of drew a big strain in our relationship. It distanced us quite a bit. Sure. And I feel like it's been very hard to reel back in. Now, I don't feel like that her and I have any type of, my daughter and I have a bad relationship whatsoever. She knows she can literally call me for anything at any time, whatever mm-hmm. she needs, whenever. And I know she knows that I love her. You know, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, but it does make it difficult. And the the best advice I can give to something like this is keep doing the right thing. Even though it your child isn't in your household, 
you know, in your immediate household, keep doing what's in their best interest and setting up for their best interest and always just be there for them. Mm -hmm. And it might be months at a time, but that month, two months, three months goes by and then your child needs you. You need to make sure you're ready to be there for them and provide for them and take care of them. And I'm not saying in like the Disneyland dad sort of or mom or dad sort of light, but you need to be there for whatever their needs are. You know, are they struggling in school? You need to be there to be able to help them get through that. You know, are they, whatever it may be, know their needs and still do your best without probing and prying and causing issues and just make sure that you can be the best person that you can be when they come to you. Yeah, I would say that's, and something that you do a lot and you always have done a lot. I mean, it was hard when she was little mm-hmm. because I can only imagine what was fed to her in her head during that time. And what people don't understand, and this happened in my own parent, like I'm a child of divorce, right? My parents divorced when I was a year and a half old. I never knew them together. I grew up with two sets of parents my whole life, but um, it was really hard because they would poison the waters in my head. So when I was visiting my dad, for instance, and I was away from my mom, it was, you know, it's, and as a kid, your, your mind is so pliable. You can get talked into believing anything. I mean, kids can get talked into believing that a bird is a God. If you wanted to have your kids believe that you could, you could do that. And people don't understand how powerful their words are to kids because their mind is still developing. They don't have a mind of their own yet. Um, And so I can speak to this as a child of divorce and a child of a very toxic, hurtful divorce and being split between two homes and trying to love all parents and feeling super confused because everyone's talking bad about each other. And you don't know who to believe. And it's a very confusing time for kids. And but the parents, I know my neither parents, neither of my parents were from a divorced family. So my parents all had intact parents themselves. And so I think when that is the case, like they didn't understand the damage they were doing because it's new to them. Yeah, they were figuring out divorce right. as they were going. Yeah, which is a weird thing. So I think that when you're a parent and you've never been part of a blended family or had divorced parents, you don't really understand the damage you do to children by, you know, I mean, there's, you, I, I'm sure your daughter asked, where's dad? Why can't I see dad? I, kids I, do yeah, that. That's a course. pretty normal yeah. question, especially okay. if you were in her life forever yeah. and now you're not. Kids make sense of this, right? So whatever was said, we don't know. I don't know. It could have been nothing but great things. I don't know. But my point is, (laughs) my point is, you know, I mean, if that is what's, if if negativity is being ingrained into your child's head and you're not there to defend yourself, you can expect that child to be super confused and eventually will give in to that way of thinking that whatever lie or manipulation of the truth is the reality of the situation. And that's what you have to contend with and undo. And um, so I would invite, if you're a bio parent, to not 
tear down the other parent because a child should be able to love both parents. Yeah, and which, so that's a really that's a that would be my biggest fear about losing control when a child moves away isn't so much the control but then how they're manipulated to think about me and I don't know the situation as far as why this child went to live with her mom and not with her dad mm-hmm. but um that would be a really scary thing to think about cuz I lived through that and I've seen your daughter kind of go through that and um, it does take a lot to repair and it's just time and consistency that will repair that. You always tell her that you're there for her, you know, check in with her. If, if your daughter's able to text and has a phone, depending on the age, check in because as they get older and as they become teens, and again, I can attest to this, you, you text them, you, you call them, you know, and you might not get an answer back right away or at all. But don't take that as a slap in the face and don't keep don't, don't let it up. keep you from doing it again. Because I will tell you that I do have a good relationship with my daughter, but I can text her and it might be days before I hear back from her. And I don't get mad about that. Like I don't I really don't care. I need her to know that, hey, I'm thinking about you. I love you. Just checking on you. Is there anything you need? You know, and sometimes she might just be busy with work life or babysitting or at school or whatever, and might just forget. And I get that because I do the same thing in my life. I just have learned over time and maturing, like, hey, I have to get back to people, you know, when, you know, it's just the appropriate thing to do. So, and which, which it's is respect. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. that's something that children learn. And I have to you remember, have to teach them that. Yeah. She's only 17 years old. I only have her part of the time, but I actually did just have a conversation with her about, um, getting back to us you know communication it's part of it you know and even her mom was on board because we're trying to get her lined up for family photos with us and we're not hearing back from her and you know we're trying to set this up you know the time the clothing you know how it all goes and we don't hear anything back so it's like last minute all right we have to get her something if she's even going to be in it but we have to be prepared in case she is going to be in it which she was but we had a dress for her that looked like her style, that matched what we were all wearing. Sure, that's not the way we wanted to go about it. We would have liked her to come pick out what she wants and have some input, but that's not the way it goes. But you just have to be prepared for that, and you have to be accepting of it and not be like, well, you never got back to me, so I guess you're not going to be in them. And push her away even further by doing something like that. You just have to understand, like, look, it, they're just kids, you know. We're just adults. <laughs> it's not all perfect. Let's just make the best of it and be there for one another. <laughs> That's where I'm going to leave our cricket sounds there for you. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yep. All right. Some Moving of us on. are more sensitive than others. Are you being sensitive right now? No, I'm not sensitive, but I think that, you know, it's, it's just you have to teach kids that people are counting on your response and your lack of response affects people's wallets and you know in time and Mm -hmm. you know I mean you can't just let you know your job as a parent is to parent and not just be like oh well we're all just gonna hopefully you show up but that's why we had the conversation with her afterwards it can't be like that and so I mean you can make excuses all day and she's a teenager but do you feel like I made excuses about this 
Well, like just right now, what you're saying, like, I'm oh, just she's saying, a teenager, like, no, I'm I saying guess, you set up whatever. for it, but, but if you would hear me all the way through, like what I said in the middle of that is that we had a conversation about it. Yeah. I brought her mom into it so she couldn't bounce back and forth or play the, oh, poor I thought me. that was for a different thing. It was because, all part of it. It all oh. became part of it. But it, ultimately, it's about the communication. Yeah. And it's a respect thing. And it's part of how we adult and we teach our kids. Yeah. And how teach our kids how to adult. Yeah. So it wasn't just brushed aside and like, oh, whatever, she's a kid. Yeah. That's what you have to do in order to get yourself through it to be like, or oh, I'm going to do this again next time. Of and course. Well, be. you never give up on your kids. That's my point. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to have those conversations with them. You have yeah. to tell them like, look, this isn't okay. And this went this way because of your lack of communication or our lack of communication. Yeah. You know, because it got twisted a little bit at first. Well, and this was about what was good twisted wasn't even about the pictures. It was something else and her feelings were hurt. You had heard her feelings were hurt and you're like, no, I totally invited you to this Christmas event. Yeah. Go look. And lo and behold. Yeah. But it was also taken back. Her mind was like. It was all part of it. He never invited me. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it was a communication thing, which brought us back to that. Anyways, it's all good now. We talked about it. We're working on the adulting thing with all the kids. Mm, Teenagers. And we're listening to one another. Yeah, teenagers know it all. Cole now knows my son. Sorry, saying names. You always say names. Yeah, saying names. Yeah. Knows everything. That was fun. Anyway, God anyway. help us all get through the teenage years with all of that. Someone right? agrees with you that the uh, relationship thing is most important. I think it's probably a woman <laughs> who agrees with me. I don't know. It's just my guess. Um, so how to deal with in-laws who aren't accepting of a blended family life. So glad we don't have this issue. We don't. But, um, you know, someone said, my my in-laws don't even acknowledge that we're a family or we're married. I remember that. Wasn't that was that, just on my in, the on the Facebook support That was like group. a real recent one? Yeah. I feel like we had that not that long ago. Like, gosh. Yeah. Oh, and then real- somebody also wrote in about this topic. Like, so... They don't agree with it. And it could be that they don't agree that you got divorced and remarried because they're very traditional and you're married once and married for life and, you know, divorce is sin and, you know, whatever. Yeah, and if the kids weren't involved, would it be an issue? Or what's where's the issue here? Um, I don't know in that specific instance. It was just, you know, a one-off situation. But another person wrote in and said that her... So they're a blended family. She's got two biological children. If I'm butchering the story, I apologize. I'm doing it from memory. Um, but mother-in-law took their all, all of their kids out, and they gave all the kids money to go shopping at the mall, Okay. for instance. Yeah. like They gave each kid like 40 bucks to go shopping at the mall. Mm-hmm. And the mother-in-law or the grandmother um, did not – buy I think it was smoothies Mm -hmm. right so she made her non-biological grandchildren her step-grandchildren buy smoothies with their own money and she paid for her biological grandchildren's smoothie and that she just feels like is setting the tone for how this relationship is being set up and the kids totally again kids pick up on everything. Yeah. Um, and the kids really were hurt by it. I know it's just a smoothie, right? It well, doesn't yeah, seem like a lot. But what it does is it, it draws that resentment 
into these little kids. And yep. it's not even drawn into the right places. The kids probably weren't even mad at the grandmother. The kids were probably mad at the other kids because they no, got No, they these. were hurt. She said that they were they hurt. They were, okay. They noticed that. They noticed that they had to spend their own money yeah. on, you know, drinks. Yeah. And the, the other, the biological grandchild got paid for and they just felt like so, yeah, unfair, so like second. This doesn't fall on the kids whatsoever. And I think you agree with that. But you need to have a conversation with. Your mother, you know. That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Like that has to be like, look, what's the deal here? Find that underlining issue. Yeah. And it could be that she's oblivious. Look, like I think, again, adults who don't are in the blended family lifestyle or around it or around it and they're new to it. They don't they're kind of oblivious to how their words and actions affect everything. They're not really attuned to all the complex dynamics and the relationships within a blended family. Um, they just kind of go about it like, you know, balls to the wall and whatever. Balling but they, out of control. Yeah. And so I, uh, that was what I said. I said, you need, she's like, do I talk to her about it? Do I not talk to her? I'm like, yes, you, you and your husband sit down with her and explain to her and give her an opportunity at least to make it right. Yeah. Or, Give her the opportunity to be like, this is how it's going to be. And then, you yeah. know, the kids aren't going to go there. Yeah, anymore. Draw light to it. You know, definitely draw light to it because something needs to give one way or another. And also, if that is the way it's going to be, you know, well, then that now starts falling on you as a parent, because now you're going to need to dictate the situation, how it's going to go. You know, who's going to go where, who's going to do what, which complicates things for you. It's not the ideal way at all. No, it's But you need to be more aware of that so you can be more empathetic to situations that are going to come up that might affect your children. Right. And I, you don't have control over how somebody else is going to behave, but you have absolute control over what your kids participate in. Correct. So if you know, and this is also you have to have a conversation with her or with your in-laws if they're if they're mistreating, and I'm not talking about beating or something obvious, but if they are, if they are manipulating a situation or you know little things that kids are picking up on and making them feel less than, you know, and you you have to know if that's going to be able to be fixed or continue because you shouldn't allow your kids to feel less than. You know, you protect your kids from that situation, and so it may be that grandma or grandpa doesn't see the kids outside of your presence because you can control what happens when you're there, you know, and you can, you know, and and you would, I would tell them that like set boundaries, right? Don't be afraid to set boundaries to protect your children, even with your own parents. Mm -hmm. There is nobody that is like safe from boundaries when it comes to your kids. I don't care who they are. So there's it's it's completely reasonable to set boundaries and set expectations and I think that's a fair thing to do with parents either like they also need to know what your expectations are because they're not going to live up to something they don't know is expected of them that's un that's unfair yeah bring it to light talk about it yep and then assess how are we going to go from here yeah and if your in-laws aren't accepting of your spouse then what <laughs> like never mind the kids I think the kids is like Pretty cut and dry. Like well, hopefully they let you know that before they ever became your spouse and they gave you their concerns. And if you either listen to their advice or didn't listen to advice, advice, that's on you. But if it's all of a sudden they're slowly starting to become unaccepting, 
then you need again to analyze the situation. Man, we have to do a lot of things on our own here. It's a, this is this is a lot of work. Life is a lot of work. Blended family life is like times a hundred. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's so <laughs> magnified. Yeah. But you really there's a lot of just searching within yourself and figuring out like why are they not okay? And am I all right? And do I understand why they aren't okay with my spouse? Are they just doing it as a grudge because they have some weird issues or reasons? Or do they have a legitimate concern that I should be concerned about? Yeah, and when you marry your spouse, right, you're not marrying your parents. You're marrying your spouse. And so I feel like that right there is a boundary. You You protect your spouse over even your parents. Yeah, you might need to take sides, which that's kind of the end of the road you know that's the last thing your last resort there but that might be what it comes to yeah so I would definitely try to have a hard conversation and lay it out for them and then also talk to your spouse and have a plan be on the same team with that and I think it's a good idea to have your spouse I think it's like as we as you said earlier about being a united front with your stepkids you know if we need to go with each other to talk to a, a child in the house then that's the united front. Yeah. Same thing here. I think it's great advice to have your spouse with you, no matter which parent it is, and go and have a conversation. I think that shows respect. I think that shows you tried. You know, whatever the outcome is, you know, um, I think you have to try. I think you have to give everyone an opportunity to do the right thing and to know. And don't just jump. It. Don't just jump to big conclusions too. Like maybe. Maybe it got talked about the smoothie thing. Going back to this real quick, maybe it got talked about and grandma didn't have enough money with her and all the kids wanted this and somehow it just got twisted, manipulated and the kids... The kids way. offered to pay for it themselves Yeah, and, may, or I whatever. Mean, maybe it was something just so stupid. I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm reading into this too far. So have that conversation because maybe yeah. it played out and sounded a lot differently than what it really had, what it really was. Mm-hmm. And that's help. That's happened in our family before, where it's like, I've jumped to a conclusion because I think something's happening a certain way, and like when I get the whole, everyone's side of it, it's like, oh, this is just totally misinterpreted. Yeah, I and mean, it's not at all what anyone meant for it to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of overreacting. Everyone just starts overreacting. It's like, whoa, like we're all doing the same thing here. Yeah, it just got. The game of telephone just happened. Right. And, you know, something she said at the end of it was, like, it's been a while and it's still because she doesn't want to make an issue. So what I'm like, you're my soul sister because she's not (laughs) wanting to make an issue. So she's, yeah, sweeping it under the rug. And she's like, all this time later, it's still bugging me and it's still bugging my kids. That is something you need to talk about. You need to talk about it. Stop wasting another moment letting it bug you like have a discussion and move on accordingly. You know, don't waste your and it, time. And being if it's upset been so long and nothing else has happened like that. Yeah. Maybe it was that miscommunication. Yeah. Maybe it was just one weird thing that didn't go right. Yeah. So, so, um, something else that somebody wrote in, she's like, I can't stand my spouse's ex. Oh, that's not unreasonable. You don't have to. Yeah. There's no rule that you need to be friends or speak. Yeah, they're exes for a reason. Well, yeah, but she can't stand her spouse's ex, not her own ex. Right. I shouldn't have to stand your ex, and you shouldn't have to stand mine. Like, there's a reason you and your ex are exes. I shouldn't have to like him. 
Like, there's a reason why you two aren't together anymore. Yeah. You and I are together now, and that's because we align better. Yeah. So, so I probably don't align very well with him, like, friendship-wise, you know? Like, I can get along and be cordial and whatever, but I don't have to like him, and I don't, you know, yeah. I don't expect, yeah. Anyway, so she was like, it's she doesn't want to go to the kids' things because she doesn't want to be in the same room for a million reasons. I won't go into it. But she's just like, it's very awkward. I don't want to be there. I'd rather just stay home. And I'm like, wouldn't we all? Yeah, but you know, yeah, yeah, wouldn't we all? But you know what? You, But you have to show up. It's not about you. That's right. And that, and like, I go to so many things and you go to so many things. Mm-hmm. I don't care if no one else is there. I don't care if the exes are there or not. Mm. I would rather not be there, right? But it's not about us. Yeah. It's about showing up and supporting your kids and your family and even your your husband or your wife. You know, it might not even be about the kids. It might be showing up to something that has to do with your husband or your wife. And you might not want to go there, but it's about showing up and being there for one another. Yeah, and if you can't show up, if you know that this is, like, too much, because she is, is not married, they're dating. Okay. And so if you know that this is something you're going to struggle with forever, I also rethink your life choices. Don't maybe get married to this person, because if you can't show up, you know, and it, it's just, it's not fair to your spouse or your potential spouse yeah. not to be there, and it's not fair to the kids. And it's not even fair to yourself. It doesn't feel good to stay home because you're awkward, feeling awkward about a situation. Like that's that's also not a fulfilling way to live for your own peace of mind. Um, but talking about the ex, if you're not going to something because of an ex, I don't care if it's your ex or your spouse's ex, you're giving that person way too much power. Um and you're letting them run the show from behind the scenes. And it's kind of making you a weakling person. And you're better than that, you know, and your kids deserve better. They stepkids deserve better than a weak person who can't show up and be in the presence of somebody else. And other people are going to notice that. And your spouse is going to, I mean, how does your spouse respect you if you're like, I don't want to go because your ex is there? Now all of a sudden, yeah. Like, well, then you shouldn't have married somebody with kids and an ex. I don't know what to tell you about that. Um, and it's never going to calm down. It's always going to, well, there's always going to be more things. There's going to be the graduations. There's going to be, There's going to be social situations. And so. What about the weddings, you know? Like, oh, now I've got to go to the wedding. The ex is going to be there. You can't not show up to the kid's wedding or their graduation of high school. Like. <laughs> My That's a must. <laughs> Sorry, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> way to draw the knife into you, stab you with it, right? Well, um, and and what I, you know, but well, I what I will say about this is the more you do anything that's hard, right? I don't care if it's this situation or you're trying to run a mile, okay, and you can only run for one minute and you have to stop and you have to walk. Well, the more you get on that treadmill and the or hit the streets and the more you face any tough situation. You know, the more you're either callous to it or it becomes easier. And so, you know, the first few times are going to be super awkward. Right. And it might be really like you're having anxiety and your heart's beating fast and, 
you know, you have whatever insecurities you have, but the more you show up and the more you face it, the more it becomes not such a big deal. You might always not want to be around an ex. Uh-huh. Welcome to Blended Family welcome Life. To the club. Nobody does want to be around exes, but it's a reality. And so you show up, you know, you keep showing up and you also, you know, there's no, cause she was also saying, well, the ex always wants to talk to my my, my boyfriend. And that's, you know, I'm like, well, you don't have to talk to her. You know, you can walk away. There is absolutely no rule saying but also know that you have to be friends or, or in discussions, like yeah. let your spouse or your boyfriend have whatever conversation needs to be had. Be light, you know, be cordial and you don't have to talk. That's why I'm just going to dance because you're going to do all the talking. Right. Keep going. So I just told her too, like you just need to walk away if it's too bad until you can stand there and maybe you'd be proud of yourself like maybe you can stand there for five minutes the first time and that's really good maybe baby the next steps. time is 10 minutes yeah just baby steps you know um but you don't have to speak but you know regardless of know, the ex you show up yep. right right how would you how do you think people should behave in front of exes just dance just dance that'd be kind of weird yeah no um just show, just really just showing up, making a presence is the biggest step. Mm-hmm. If you choose to stand by your spouse or your partner as they talk to them, maybe you don't at first, but slowly insert yourself into it. And maybe you just don't say anything. And that just, just so you're on your spouse's side and they know that you're there and that gives you power. That gives you more power than you know. Um, and it doesn't have to be some big major thing, but just swallow it for a minute, swallow sand, stand there and just embrace it. Yeah. And I think you'll <laughs> it's not easy. proud of yourself for getting through tough things. Yeah. You know, and then she brought up how, you know, they were at an event and both families are there and her stepdaughter came over and gave her a big hug. And she cringed for a second because she's a mom herself. Yeah. And she she knew that the biological mom was sitting behind them watching this and how hard that must have been for her. And I'm like, listen, when you are a mom and you are a divorced mom, this is something all like I told her basically don't feel guilty about that. Right. I mean, you as a mom, this is something we all have to overcome. This is something you used to struggle with a lot. Yeah, at the very beginning, yeah, when your kids would go hug their stepmother. You used to cringe about this, and it didn't last very long. But I remember for the first little while, it's there, hard to see your kids love someone else. Yeah, like, but, like a mother figure. But then what know? happens? But then you start to realize, like, whoa, my kids are loved everywhere. My kids aren't hated. My kids aren't mistreated, and it starts just to be an okay thing. Yeah, because love's only good for them. Love's only good for them. Yeah, you can't. Ha- kids can never have too much love. Spoken kids can't have like true hippies. Yeah, kids can't have too many people caring about them. You know, and so on some level, as much as that might be hard for a mom to watch, it's also very comforting to a mom. You know, it may not. It may be back in the not in the forefront, but in the back 
back lobes of her brain, whatever. The back of the forehead. It's in the back of the forehead, people. But, you know, there is something like, well, at least she's not shunning them or beating them or starving them or, you know, yeah, like there's. then how bad would that situation be? Like, oh, she's loving them. Good. Yeah. So there's that. Final thing and then we'll wrap it up. Right. Holidays are here, so I felt it only appropriate to talk about Christmas. Dude. And this is the I one thing you should have. The one thing I want to talk about Christmas, it's coming up next week. Wow. In blended families, you need to be flexible. Yep. Because if you have too much of a, and I'm a planner, I'm a Virgo, and I'm a planner. Which is why I just send you over screenshots of how things are going. Yeah, I'm a planner. So... This is a lot from my own advice, too, and something I've learned over the years that you need to be flexible. Things may not work out. There's different custody schedules. You might be eating at different times. And I think that's something you can tell your parents, too. If you have parents coming over, because everybody wants to know when we're going to eat, when are presents going to be open, what's the (laughs) schedule for the day? I've had both of our parents ask me this, and I'm like, they're starting uh, to learn, though, after... But you have to tell parents, you have you know, to remind them and tell them, like, I, yeah. We have custody schedules. We have other families. The kids are in different homes. I don't quite know when we're getting them back yet. Like, I, we will do our best, but if you can set that expectation for your entire family and people that are coming to your house or you're going to theirs, that the expectation is that we're going to have to be flexible because it's not just us there's so many it's a ripple effect especially the holidays everybody wants a piece of the kids yeah and if you can be flexible on that and i'm just gonna let you guys in on how <laughs> this went down today because i had to screenshot you why are you glaring at me like that i'm glaring at you, you? give me like a weird look I'm not glaring I was, gonna, at you. I was gonna show you like how the co-parenting flexibility thing works out because this is something we talk about <laughs> and i feel like my ex and i co-parent pretty well and we're every other year for a lot of holidays. So like this year is her Christmas morning with the kids, but we're pretty flexible of like the afternoons. Like usually if you have the kids in the morning, we're kind of good with the afternoons. And sometimes if you have big dinner plans, the kids will come back. So the kids bounce around a lot, which is kind of a bummer for them. But like it literally starts off with, hey, what's the plan for Christmas Eve and Christmas? And that's like everyone's worst nightmare. Like, right. Great. Now we got to plan this, right? This is her texting you. This is her texting me this afternoon. And I'm in the middle of like work chaos, like literally multitasking, five things going on, have deadlines on a couple things. Like I have to get this done. And I'll, I'll, I'll just read it word for word. I th- said, I think it's your year's year for him this morning. My parents want to come and go to the 4 p.m. service. If the kids could go, that would be awesome. Uh, Christmas Day. If they can just come over whenever you guys are done in the morning, that would be awesome too. Um, we are doing a big dinner at our house, but let me know if you guys, uh, let me know what you guys have going on. And then her response is, okay, we have breakfast and dinner at our house, but it's prime ribs, so I'm sure they won't mind missing it, like laughing face after that. And I said, okay, maybe you can just send them over after you guys do breakfast and presents and all that whatnot. And then her response is, okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. So you see how much flexibility is in there. It's kind of not, it's not me going, well, I have these plans, so I need them now. I need mm-hmm. them at this time. And it's not her going, well, we have breakfast and dinner, so I need them there at this time and this time. Mm-hmm. We take the kids into consideration. Apparently the kids don't like prime rib. <laughs> <Right>? So <laughs> 
I guess I don't know this about my kids. I'm, I'm kind of like, we're having this for dinner or lunch or whatever, and this is what you guys are going to have. But you you know how the kids are going to react. You know what you guys have going on and what's important to you, and not demanding things is really just a beautiful thing that allows it to just play out. Like, okay, well, we're going to open presents here, so then they can come over here. And if you can just be flexible and you're not hard on anything, unless there is something you're like, I absolutely need them for this, you know, but... What? Nothing. Let's hear it. No, I'm laughing because you're all taking it to you and your ex, and I meant be flexible in your own <laughs> home. Oh. Like, not with your Oh, I'm talking ex, about co-parenting that's here. Like, that's my... That's my. That's sh- his golden star, him and his ex co-parent. Like, that you guys your do... Star, I don't then, have dear. one. You have I don't no have, golden stars? No. Oh, my gosh. Nope, I'm not as good as you guys. Yeah. But, well, like, I'm talking about being flexible in our violin. household. Like, have a little violence. So, what it. happens is... So... What? What's your deal? My star has left the building. So, but being flexible in your own homes, you know, your own expectations, people coming over. um, And like our kids, like I, my kids are going to be here in the morning. So then they're going to have to wait to open presents until your kids. Or do they? Come up. Again, like I'm flexible with that. I think my kids are flexible with that. Like your kids get home in the morning and they're like, Santa came and want to open presents, I'm not going to hold your kids back from that. I don't think my kids are going to. Well, this is what we've done every year. We it's have. Not, this isn't like our first rodeo. Right. And like we're but discussing this, this. But again, this is the same you know. discussion every year. And you choose like, okay, well, they're just going to wait. And usually there's not that big of a gap. And your kids are pretty easy going with that stuff. But yeah. just know that if it is pressing and your kids are like, man, I hate doing it this way. All I want. Sorry, we lost Instagram. All I want is... To open my presents now, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. So trying to be flexible within your own home and understanding of different schedules and we'll get you a gold star. Yeah. Get yourself a gold star. <laughs> um but I just think that's a really a, a helpful key to getting through Christmas because Christmas can be really hard. Christmas can be really hard if your spouse has their kids and you don't have your kids. You know, so enjoy what you have in front of you and be happy that your kids are enjoying Christmas. Even somewhere else, at least they're enjoying Christmas. Yeah. Um, and so you just have to be flexible about your home and how things go down in it. On in Christmas. your own home, people. In your own home. <laughs> Sorry, I just I I misheard you. Like the way that you started it off. Like no, I that's just, fine. I it's went off true. On my own like you tangent. guys are you guys do a really great job. But there's people that do better jobs. Like the people that we really want to have. I on know our podcast no one for. who does a better job. Bull. I know people that we want to have on our podcast, and these people co-parent together, and they hang out together, and they talk together, and it's like some magical unicorn fart that we've talked about forever. And they're light years past where I am with my ex. And it's an awesome thing for them. Yeah. Anyways, I'm going to go yeah. ahead and turn up the music here. And we're going to say thanks to everyone for tuning in. And all those five-star reviews that you guys have been leaving us on, like, iTunes. I haven't even told you about them. But we have so many five-star reviews. And we are so grateful for them and so grateful for you guys tuning in and listening to us. And following us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and your Facebook group. And writing in and helping us with topics. And, again, we are just so grateful and hope everyone has a Merry Christmas and Happy yeah, Holidays. you guys. Yeah. Our next podcast is after Christmas. It is, technically. We have one more podcast in this year. That's do it. And are we going to create a season two? What do you guys think? Season two and change it up a little bit? 
I don't know. Maybe I'll change my underpants. Let us know, you guys. <laughs> All right, you guys. Have a happy new year, and we will talk. Actually, we're going to see you guys. Merry right Christmas. Before. Merry Christmas. I always feel like New Year's like the next day. Anyways, we're out of here. Bye. Bye. <laughs>